Welcome back to the Sim Geeks podcast. We are your hosts, William Belk and David Shablock. Uh, today, we're going to have a special guest with us, Dr. Bo Christian, and he's going to be talking to us about his organization and how they responded to a tragic event, uh, not only to support their students, but also how they rebuilt their program afterwards. Uh, so, Bo, why don't you take a few minutes, introduce yourself to the world, let us know who you are, where you've come from. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. So, my name is Bo Christian. Really, this is Simulation and nursing really is a second career. I was public service first, moved out of public service after getting hurt on the job and went back to nursing school. After nursing school, went directly into grad school and became a nurse practitioner. Did that for just a little bit and knew that I loved teaching and so was doing some clinical stuff and a little bit of skills training at a couple of different universities and had the opportunity to move out of California to Tennessee. A university to start teaching full-time. So I originally started teaching full-time at that university in Tennessee, predominantly undergrad nursing, but because I have a graduate degree, I teach sometimes in the graduate family nurse practitioner program. was teaching undergrad. That's my love, fundamentals, all the skills and all those kinds of things. And in doing that, I had a great small, it's a small university, had a great team. And so they allowed me to jump on board to the simulations that they were doing at the time. They had teamed with one of the major manufacturers and had developed a two-room simulation center. Really, one was a high fidelity and the others were medium. And they did what they could with their technology and their skills and just kind of what was going on. And I asked to be a part of that. I have friends that run other centers, and it's just as always, I, I enjoyed it so much as both an undergrad and a grad student. And I said, please let me do this. And then they put me in charge of it. It was always kind of just getting by and using it when we could. The lucky thing is I am at a university that they support new ideas and new things, even though we were in an old four-room schoolhouse. And one of those rooms was my simulation center, which was just barely big enough to have two beds and a few people inside. And then while there, it's just they've I've been really blessed. I've been able to become this simulation director, and there's been growth there. I'm also now the assistant chair. It's easier just to call it director, but that's not the actual title. It's the assistant chair of undergraduate nursing. And I've given up my kind of normal teaching job to do simulation full-time. I'm a one-man show as it is. I would love. I have two open spots, and I'm looking hard to fill those and find the MacGyver and the right kind of person for those. But yeah, I love, I'm kind of a theater kid at heart. I was originally a theater kid when I went to college and then realized they wanted me to learn all the theory, and it took a lot of the fun away. And so changed a few times. actually. So it's kind of funny. People are like, man, you've done everything. Uh, I have a degree. <laughs> I actually have a degree in psychology. Nice. I had gone back to get my MBA, took, I think it was two classes and, you know, just life and work kind of got in the way. And then with the change in careers, I had the opportunity to go back. And the funny thing is I would always get sick walking into a hospital. And yet I have a job that works in a hospital now. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. And and just because I'm curious, what was the public service job? Uh, well, so I was like, do I say that on the podcast or not? Yes. So I was a police officer. Okay. That, that's, that's neat. 
You uh, you are not the first, and you certainly will not be the last former drama nerd that comes on this show with us either. It's amazing how many of us uh, at a young age were involved in, in drama and theater. Whether or not we chose to continue doing that as adults, of course, is a different thing. But uh, Katie Max Kinsey comes to mind. I know she was big in yep. theater before she got into simulation. She's been with us a few times. There's a few of us that have, that have done it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can definitely see that jump. Yeah, yeah, Phil a came lot of, from a lot that of kind of background, AV and that's kind of theater. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I was always working in high school, but I always wanted to be a theater kid. But I always had to work. But I always had friends with all the theater kids because they were cool. Yeah. So, uh, hey, so before, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, people are always asking me, like, do you want to hang out? Who do you want to do sim with you? And I'm like, the theater people. Yeah. 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 Give me somebody who knows what to do with a makeup brush, right? But that isn't their right. entire identity. Like, let's, we can move on and do other like, stuff. Make a, <laughs> just to have fun and make a little bit yep. of fun of themselves. And yeah. Yep. If you can build a set for some, you know, mid century type theater oh, setting, you probably sure. can come in and help us set up a sim room. For right. Sure. So, uh, so Bo, right before we got on here, you were you were telling a story about an award you got and how that kind of it almost sounds like it blew up a little bit. Why don't you why don't you tell us about your your SimStar award and your recognition from the state of Tennessee? Uh, yeah, so uh, my understanding is Pocket Nurse gives this award out often enough. After COVID, they didn't they didn't do it during COVID, and I they approached me and said, "Hey, we'd like to give you the first SimStar award after COVID," and so. It, in, in my opinion, because I felt pretty special, um, it, it was kind of a big deal in, in my uh, wheelhouse, I mean, in my in sphere of influence. Uh, our local paper probably didn't have anything to publish. And so I think they actually published two different things, and then it got published on a few others. And then one of our local reps in Tennessee took it to the, the, the Tennessee Senate, I guess it was called, actually adopted a resolution in my name for the SimStar Award. So it came from this, I'll say it, a simple award that made me feel good. And now I actually hung it on my wall yesterday in my office because I just changed offices. And I have the Tennessee resolution that is that names me the SimStar. And my office actually has two different nameplates on it. There's a hidden one, if people know that it's there. And it actually says SimStar there, and every once in a while, it'll it'll show itself. And the award was the Pocket Nurse SimStar. The Pocket Nurse SimStar Award, yes. Yeah. So, so Pocket Nurse started all of this for you, and it's been a fun ride. Oh yeah, you know, it, it's it's a little bit of uh, SimStar. It's a little bit of some of the story you'll hear. It's just some of it's interacting with you all. I now have interacted with some, I'll say, some important people. And, you know, I was dealing with a rep from a company the other day. And while he was interacting with me, I just alluded to knowing his boss. And some people, I think, do that because they're trying to, like, name drop. I wasn't because his boss texted me while he was there. And if I ever share who the boss was, you'll realize why it was kind of a big deal. But, yeah, we can get in that later. Okay. Yeah, man, definitely seems one of those situations where, you know, something that it may not seem like a huge deal gets blown out of proportion by people outside of the industry. But it, I mean, it's good for you as well. That's a good thing. And I, I think after people hear what you're about to tell us, I think they'll understand a little bit more why, like maybe why this was taken as far as it was. So I'm not going to tell your story for you. Why don't you give us the rundown of what it is that you guys have been through? And like I said, we'll start with kind of how you responded to it how you got your students through that situation. And then we'll jump into talking about how you came back from it. Once you got over the initial hump, how did we get you back to where you needed to be? 
when when was it and how did you find out? That's where I was going to start. So just short of two years ago, the day after Thanksgiving. So we were on break from our university. It was actually my daughter's birthday and we were at one of those trampoline parks. We had just arrived early in the morning and I get a video from a student and it's a fire truck arriving at our building. And she says, I don't think this is a good thing. There's smoke billowing out of the building. And again, this is an old four-room schoolhouse that my dean at the time, her dad, had gone to like kindergarten there. Can you say the name of the school? The university I'm at is Carson Newman University. And right in the middle of of campus is this old four-room schoolhouse that everybody used to go to school in. Yeah, so I get this video and I'm like, wow, that's not good because literally the fire trucks are showing up. So I immediately text one of the people I know at the campus and he's like, yeah, I'm already here. So I, I was not the first person to know. And through that day, our building burned down. We lost everything in that building. With the exception, I, with the fire department's help, I did save a medium fidelity mannequin that won't turn on. But I did so have a fire scarred patient. It's kind of a nursing and type uh, patient. Nice. Uh, but I have pictures. In fact, my three, so I had a 3G. That was my high fidelity. And the firefighters found the 3G covered. So I, at the end of the day, I would cover it, my mannequins with the heavier blanket mm-hmm. for dust and those kinds of things. Every firefighter, and there were, I don't know, I'm going to make a number up, but it was like six engines showed up. Every firefighter had to check that because it looks so real. I actually have photos. In fact, David told me one time, you need to have photos for all of this stuff to keep track. And so fire department, let me go in take some photos at one point. And I've taken, um, it's, it's pretty creepy because he's sitting there in bed, half covered and everything around him is just burned. And he actually, I'll call it survive. Nobody else did. <laughs> Some others were just crispy critters. Yeah. But so that was the day after Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is, is a week long. I had three days. So that coming Monday was finals. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it's, it, you, this was not the end of the semester. No. Still, no. How, how many students? Roughly. So in my class, I had somewhere around 30 students, but yeah. we have about 100 in our program. Yeah. So I was like, let me get this birthday over. And as soon as that was over, I told my daughter, thank you. I got to go do some things and started immediately reaching out. I realized I have two and a half days to find some stuff because I do skills checkoffs. I do um, a final exam for fundamental students in nursing where they actually have to interact with mannequins and a little less sim and more skill. And, but, and they're not all burn scenarios, are they? Yeah, they're not all burn <laughs> In fact, none of them. They need to be now. Now. <laughs> Some wound care. So I started just asking people. I put it on LinkedIn, tagged a few people, put it on Facebook, tagged a few people. My local junior college, Walter State University Junior College, um, they reached out and mm. said, you can borrow anything you want. Nice. So that was my first interaction. So I was in sim, but I had never talked to any of y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't even talked to the local person at the other university. You, you'd made a uh, few posts here and there. You were starting to like dip your toe, weren't, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was, because I'm a social guy, I wanted to see who was who. And yeah, because I remember your name before and then this happened and I'm like, oh, we got to talk. 
because I told you to take all those pictures because of I wanted this. <laughs> I had joined, you know, some of the social media chats and and was trying to find which which different clubs to join and and whatnot. And so that's why I knew a little bit of people who to, you know, to call. They said, man, show up. And so I actually, after church on Sunday, I met with one of their instructors and their dean. And they said, you know what? Take whatever you need. And we piled two mannequins. It was just two simple skill mannequins. They gave me Foley's and NG tubes. And we, for the next two days, did skills checkoffs and final exams. Now, we couldn't do it in our building. So we luckily, in next to our offices, we have a, a almost another two-room, two-bedroom kind of outfit that we weren't using that had some old beds in it. And so we used pieces of mannequins. We used the two mannequins that they provided. And that got us through those first three days. <laughs> and then we had a few other people reach out. Are we good naming people? Yeah, we're fine with that. I don't care. Um, they have a problem with it, they can tell us. Yeah. So immediately, the one of the big manufacturers, Laredal, Scott Serino, who ran the depot for them, reached out and said, what can we do? And nice. I, I had <clears throat> uh, mannequins at my door within five days. Whoa. And five days. And like, no questions asked. He just said, what's your address? That's um, awesome. So I, that was like a, a big deal to me. Ohio Health reached out. Yeah, because I was going to say, because I remember the the Columbus friends, uh, friends of mine yeah. in Columbus, uh, Stephanie yeah. Burgess, uh, and I think Eric Schlotsky did. Yes. Probably wrong. For, yeah. They were really hot to try to helping you. And we were, me and him were talking about that and her. But they did all the work. I didn't, I didn't give you anything. Yeah. And they were great because they actually drove like eight hours to meet one of my instructors who drove eight hours and then oh, we switched wow. shuttle. And yeah, then like Tate Tauber, um, she yeah. reached out. Yeah. And to be honest, at that point, I started getting like salespeople. Yeah. And so and I, I I need to apologize. And actually, this is a good form to do it because I just kind of blew her off because I didn't know who she was. Um, <laughs> and I've now talked to her and I appreciate her. Yeah. She's great. Um, but I started getting these people that were like, hey, do you want to buy? And do you want this? And we're talking about Deb Tauber of the Sim Cafe, who was a friend of ours. Exactly, um, and and she's now become my uh, a good a good friend of mine. Yeah. But she reached out and said, you know, what can I help? I have friends, and and what can I? And so she put it on LinkedIn and got a little bit more kind of horsepower behind that. Vanderbilt University, which is about three and a half hours from us, they Ryan McNew, who was their IT guy. Um, nice. Yeah, it's, it's not just Sim. It's not just yeah. nursing. He was their IT guy. I think he works for their med school now. Him and Joe Allen Holt, who's Vanderbilt's nursing Sim director, they loaded mannequins in their cars. Ryan drove from Vanderbilt. I met him about halfway, and he gave me an old 3G and a couple other things and and materials. Uh, the Sim director at University of Tennessee Knoxville met my wife and I. We actually have some pictures of us picking up and they gave me fully catheter things that just get, got us by in our nursing program. And that cost money and they have to pay for, and yes. you know, they reached out and, and patched you over, which is huge. It's, oh. it's the big things and it's all the little things that, you know, the community came to your aid. Oh, totally. And it, and that's what really, I, 
I would tell people, it's like, man, I, I don't know any of these people. And, and they're driving hours to bring me things. And to me, kind of, you know, I was thinking like, oh, we're, we're in the same market. Like we compete. We don't compete. We may have the same students, maybe, that we would love to have to come to all of our spots. But <laughs> it's, you know, if I have a question, I ask and they're like, hey, here's a product or here's an idea or those kinds of things. And that's how David and I kind of originally, I saw some of the stuff he was doing and I'd, I'd ask a question because I'm the new guy in the room and I still ask a lot of those questions. Good. Yeah. But I mean, so it was lots of that. And through that interaction, it was like, wow, I like this community. And then I was like, I'm, I'm like, I need to be a part of one of them. So I went to SimGhost, met you, William, there, and actually ended up meeting my future, you think my wife or my husband? No, my future mentor. So Matthew Charnetsky is actually my Sim mentor. Um, I don't think nobody, anybody knows him. He's very, he's not well known. No, we, I've never even heard of that guy, but <laughs> is, is he a mentor through the mentoring program through SimGhosts? He is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Billy Pascal had kind of, they had posted these mentors and I'm like, man, I'm at the new, I'm now a new director. I have the opportunity to kind of put my own thoughts into possibly a new space. And I'm like, but I hate to read. So why not meet some people and talk? And so that's why I feel like I've gotten to know you, David, a lot better. Matthew, we we haven't spoken recently, but for a time we it was it was much more frequent. But he will answer any phone call I call just about any time of the day. Just how he is. And a lot of people in this industry, and that's you know, I know I've said it over and over again, is that's that's my favorite part of the industry is even you being, you know, quote unquote newer to the, the sim nerd club of all of us who love our industry so much, it didn't take burning down your, your the, the nursing school to get you there. But that shows how how we take care of our own. Yeah, I'm still hung up on the on the luck of drawing Matt as a mentor when you don't know anybody right. coming into this. Right. I feel like that's like, hey, I'm going to go to skating camp and getting Wayne Gretzky as a skating you know coach just without even having a clue who the hell it is. Right. But no, that's that's the should have got a lot of ticket. Yeah, like that's the great thing about that mentorship program, though, is there there's a ton of people that are involved in that that you can learn from, regardless of who your mentor is. And I'm not trying to run down anybody else. We have some great people in that group. Um, but yeah, you really lucked out there with, with kind of falling right in with the right person, especially due to your title, the responsibility you have with the organization. He is the right person to kind of guide you through that process. Um, but no, that's the right. That's where we met. Cause I, cause I asked you that earlier. I was like, I know we met somewhere and I know it was hot. Where was that? It was, it was in Dallas a couple of years ago. So it was after the fire that we actually met. We, true. In fact, I think you were sitting next to Matthew, Matt and most likely <laughs> while we were listening to like Nick Brower or somebody talk. Yeah. Nice. Yes. So you got those, you got through it. You got those students graduated. Um, did you, did your program take a pause in admissions or did, did it just keep rolling? No, you know, we, we've heard that from some of our local students. They said, oh, we didn't apply to your school because we thought you shut down. And uh, we took it as a sign that there might be a pause. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, a, that was a little uh, hiccup on our part, but uh, I now run our social media for our department I kind of have a little jack of all trades as we all are master of none. Right. <laughs> um, and so, no, we, we continued, we just didn't have space. And so, you know, my university is amazing. My speech and debate degree program, they had a floor that just would work perfect if 
they gave us half of it. And so we took two classrooms from them. And I guess technically four, because we turned two into a lab. Uh, One of our local hospitals donated a bunch of exam tables. And so exam tables became our hospital beds for about two and a half years. It meets the learning objectives. It, it does. It does. And honestly, it was, it, we didn't need full mannequins. I just need pieces of mannequins so that we could have, it was kind of like during COVID, like we didn't have those parts. And so we got a, you know, a, a Kleenex box and made it work. And, and so we did that for a little bit, but then again, we had product that was delivered to us pretty darn quick. And it actually became a problem where I had too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ungrateful, but I started having to tell people like, and honestly, I think, and Dave, you don't realize maybe how much influence that you've had, is I started saying like, but what am I going to do with it? Because <laughs> if people are so generous, I also want to be as hospitable, hospitable is the wrong word, but no, was, was that? Respectful. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I want to be as respectful to them to say, actually, no, I don't need it. And we got to that point of sometimes to say, no, please, please, no, I want you keep it for yourself or give it to someone else that, that needs it just as much because I am not going to use it. You're a good dude. I mean, I knew that before I met you. And then we had a lovely talk over a broken mannequin pelvis down in Dallas. And that's the thing. So you're kind of like me in the regard, I'm guessing, and I'm going to make that assumption that, you know, when you're given something, whether it's help or product or things, there's a certain amount of guilt that goes with it. And it's like, I have to make sure I, I put that to good use and I use it in every way I possibly can. So when you don't, it's like, I can't take all this guilt. You're shipping me guilt with stuff and I appreciate it, but that's a lot of guilt. Yeah. I'll tell you, the hardest one was this AR company. Mm. Great people, Mm -hmm. but it just, it didn't meet my learning objectives. And I, I just, I didn't have a space for it. Yeah. You weren't there yet. Exactly. And, but they gave it to me. And they said, here, use. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm super appreciative of them. I, I don't use their product more so because I need things in a different direction. Yeah. And, but I have nothing, you know, necessarily negative to say. Some of my EMS people actually use it. Nice. Nearby, and I, I <laughs> probably will give my brand new system to them um, yeah. because they're, they will use it. Yeah. It's like you said, it's that guilt. It's like, I need, it's a great product. It's a great company. We want to make sure it doesn't sit idle. You know, we hate brand new mannequins and boxes. It drives us crazy. Yeah. So that, or any other equipment. So that's good. Uh, you're getting, getting it used and finding a home. That's a hard thing deciding when you're going to get new stuff too, or if you, you've lost everything and it's like, then what do you get? And what's your return on investment as you would always tell me. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> that is a whole nether thing. Uh, truth. But I mean, it's like, but then you're sitting here and you're like in, in the middle. And, you know, I mean, we just, we had great people, I, internal people who run my program, my dean, our provost, our president. They just had my president. I think he even told me one time that he almost opened a, a sim company. And so he, he has a background, even though he's a preacher um, and, and a leader. And so he appreciates things and he calls me on things and he'll say like, what are you doing with this? Or what's your plan? Or we, we make each other better, I think. Nice. Yeah. It's just, I mean, really, it's 
people came out of the woodwork. I I'll talk to people still and be like, hey, you know, thanks for all that you did. And you didn't know me. You didn't know if I was making this up. I mean, I had pictures and video and it was on the news. And, <laughs> and we're going to try to post some of those pictures out too. If I, yeah. you know, we can do that. Cause it, it was, I, I remember when you shared the first couple of pictures and I reached out and I'm like, Oh my God, it was, it, it, it's, it's staggering because it's, it, it was a big fire. This wasn't little fire. This wasn't in the corner. This was the whole thing to the ground. Yeah. And they've done a whole bunch of investigations and never found out what truly started it. I think what I last heard this is the unofficial uh, verbiage is that it started in an area where there really wasn't anything. And so, you know, it wasn't that heater plugged in or, or something yeah, like that. Right. We always want that thing. We always want to tie it up in a box and figure it out. Well, what was it? But yeah. sometimes it's, you know, like in medicine, we talk about idiopathic responses. Exactly. So I was going to ask, so we, we, you know, we've kind of heard this and we see the response that you saw, you know, we, we harped on this for years about networking and getting out and meeting people and helping each other out. You mentioned the mentorship on your own, kind of bringing that up. I guess my my big thing is what do people need to take away from this? Your experience wasn't fun. Nobody wants to go through that. But having been through this, what is it that really got you through? And what advice would you have for somebody else if something like this strikes their facility, whether it's a fire or a flood or anything else? You know, what, what's your what are your big takeaways from this? Well, gosh, that's great. You know, not to discount the the people you interact with and run into. And so, you know, I, I would say the first thing someone should do to create those kind of interactions is to go to something, whether that's Simgos or Naxl or IMSH or whatever. I haven't gone to some of those. I'm glad I've gone to the one because it gave a face to a name. It allowed us to have dinner over conversation. And now I know that I can call these people and they know who's calling them. And I can ask, I've asked some silly questions. You know, I'm not being afraid. Some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts. I'm an extrovert. I don't, it doesn't bother me to, to strike up a conversation. I, I've always kind of had the personal mentality, like, I don't care how high up the food chain you are or how low down the food chain you are, you're just as important to me. You know, I would always love to be a boss someday and and hire someone and and ask them what the cleaner's name was because mm-hmm. um, that's just as important it is to me. And so, take the opportunity to meet people, get part of organizations, and try things. I think that's it. Is you know, I've I've learned a lot from the people who have come out to teach me, mm-hmm. and I've also learned that I don't know a whole lot about two weeks later, and <laughs> and then I have to call one of y'all say like, hey, what? What were, what did they teach me again? Just having the open dialogue and not be afraid to, I think really it's not being afraid to admit that you don't know. Looking at your school, looking at the program before the event happened and getting through it, what do you think, looking back, what's the one, not planning for a fire, but just planning in general, or what's the one thing you wish you would have done before that hopefully you're doing now or you're getting plans to do now? What was mm. the one thing you lost or just in general, the thing you look back here go, God, if we had just done this. Well, it's easier to do the opposite. What the one thing we did, right? the one thing we did well is my dean had asked us to document everything in the building like three years before. And so we actually had a pretty extensive list of what was in the building. And so that's what I was hoping you were going to say. That was what I was actually queuing you for. Now, what I've done now, and I actually have a student worker, we we are using a a program, a free program to actually inventory everything. 
uh, not our expendables, but all the important kind of things. We take a picture of everything. We, I'm trying to document where we got it from, how much we paid, all those kinds of inventory management kind of things that we didn't do before. It was, it was really semester to semester. Just holding on. Just, um, I mean, again, the, my, my school, my program always supported, but it was just semester to semester rather than maybe an inventory system that was a semester ahead. And so that's what we didn't do well. And I think we definitely are doing much better now. What's the free app you're using? Asset Tiger. Oh, okay. Asset Tiger. Yep. That's a popular one. Which is interesting because, you know, I put it out there on one of the social media things like, hey, I'm looking to use one of these programs. And one, I think it was, gosh, I can't think of the name now. Um, They had just presented it like IMSH on one of the programs I didn't choose. She said, yeah, I just talked about Asset Tiger. and Was it Joy? It was Joy. Thank you. Yeah. She doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be on a future episode talking about this very topic. Oh, yeah. She's going to be up on in the next few episodes. I'm yeah. going to talk and to her. She was like, this is why I like this. This is the return on it. This is how I use it. And I was like, awesome. And honestly, it was just a personal preference on why I chose one over the other. Mm-hmm. But it was just putting out a, I'm not afraid to admit when I don't know something. And mm-hmm. and honestly, I've reached out to the rest of my university and said, this is what I'm using. Do you want to use it too? Nice. And so we're deciding on if we're going to do that too. So So I know you said you had a list, right? You'd already gone through and done the inventory, but, and now you've taken it a step further and you're actually doing asset tracking, right? And that's what Asset Tiger is good at. How was it navigating things like insurance and making claims with the information you had? Was there anything you were missing at that time that you're like, oh man, if we could go back, this is the shit that I really needed that I didn't have at that time. Gosh. Well, at first, we didn't know we had pictures of everything. Um, we had a company, uh, a builder actually, who had walked our building and unintentionally taken inventory that we didn't know about. And so we had a picture of just about everything. Just out of pure luck. Just out of pure luck. Not planning, not not, not thinking yeah, ahead, no. just luck. <laughs> right. We had each individual instructor in like their spots. We had, we had a written list, but they also, because, you know, uh, a picture is a little bit... Uh, worth more than I could have said there's a Ferrari in the middle or something. And our people are obviously always above board, but it was just super helpful to have those pictures. That's why when I picked this new asset program, I wanted pictures. I'm the same way. My organization started with Asset Tiger. They've done a few different other ones. We're in transition to another one that one of our people have researched a lot. And I'm fanatical about it as far as pictures. When we buy things, sometimes in Sim, it's new to us. I like to document how things come in, like our IV pumps we get from Dia, and they're new to us. So I want to document what's not perfect on them. So then when I walk into a room and I find it on the floor, and it was under somebody's care, I can, they can go, oh, all that was earlier. I'm like, no, I've got it. It's getting all of that to the belt and suspenders approach, as I call it, or my boss used to call it, of covering yourself. So that's, I love pictures too. Yeah, I've found that it's helpful even when you get new stuff because, I mean, I got a power cut the other day mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Oh, it, it's refurbished. In fact, uh, the company came out and I didn't buy it from the company. I bought it mm-hmm. from one of those others. and. It was like, you know, but I've had it like a month, but I haven't had a chance to look at it because it got delivered on the right. day I was, I was in class and 
it was on back order for the last eight months. And I went in, put the batteries on charge last night, got there this morning before the company came. And yeah, it's leaking fluid. It's doing all sorts of things. And I'm like, I'm taking pictures. And that, not just for the return, but that way I know how it started, how it ended. And in fact, I was talking to the teacher who took over my class. I said, hey, you know, when we're using our CPR mannequins, if we ever loan them out, which again, we're trying to be as as more yeses than nos. And, you know, if someone asks us for from our exercise science or some other program at our university, 100%, please borrow our stuff, but let me check it out. Yeah, that's, you know, taking a picture of how it was before you left is so important. And you only learn that lesson usually the hard way. Or when it comes back and it's got the, you know, the Cockney smile or something like that. We learned it the other day. We sent a new wheelchair over to an ed program, actually, and an old wheelchair. And we got back two old wheelchairs. Um, <laughs> now, they honestly didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. But I had my asset tags on there. And I was, yep. and my department secretary was like, he called him back up and said, I think your students brought the wrong one. Can you please? <laughs> yeah. So. So. What other stories do we want to talk about or anything you want to talk about from that losing or getting through to the next? Is there anything else that stands out? You know, I mean, this is this is a personal thing of mine, but mm-hmm. I think you when people step up and help you, you need to say thank you. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I've tried to do that. Um, I apologize if someone's listening to this and I haven't to you. <laughs> but like Scott Serino, like. He did me a solid and had never met me or talked to me before. And so he he deserves more than just a thank you. And he knows I feel that way. In fact, I told him I would continue using his product if he stayed where he was. And then they promoted him. Uh, and then what? They promoted him. Oh, jeez. Now he's like the boss of, of all those things. And I told him I don't like him anymore because he got promoted. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, just the appreciation for for people and because we don't say thank you enough. And I think you really do. That's one thing is you are definitely a humble bumble and appreciative. And that just makes me want to help you more. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty amazing, too. So but <laughs> that's right. So I think I think we've kind of we're at that weird spot where if we go any further, we're talking about the rebuild, right? Which is one of the things that we wanted right. to talk to you about. We're also at that timing line where people are not going to be able to handle the entire two stories Ooh. put together. So I'm going to wrap this up with any parting thoughts. And it's a Sim okay. Geeks first. It's a two-part episode. What? Yeah, we, Wait, we, we, I'm the Sim star and a first time. I'm just kidding. Right? Uh, so yeah, Bo, uh, any parting thoughts, anything that you want to get out there, anything you want to say before we start talking about how you guys rebuilt from this? Oh, gosh. You know, I would just say make friends uh, in the community. Everybody has a little bit of something. Heck, I'll plug it. I need two Simtex. Hint, hint, hint. If you want to move to beautiful Tennessee. Oh, gosh, yes. I have like three neighbors. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, I I drive just as much as I did in Southern California. But I have more beautiful views. Yeah. At the risk of knowing that this is not going to age well, where do we send people if they're interested in applying for one of those jobs or even just learning more about it? Oh, yes. So I actually have two positions. It's uh, under one tab. So Carson Newman University Simulation Sim Specialist is what I've called it. Trying to use Matthew's Matt. I'm sorry. I don't know why I've I've never called him (laughs) Matthew. Matt's trying to have everybody have the same kind of descriptions and names and trying to to bring that in so yeah simoff specialists at carson newman university cn.edu and you can find it there 
All right. We'll have David link that too in the show notes when we start putting up some photos and other stuff from what you guys have been through, but we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. So we hope all of you guys have enjoyed this and hopefully you'll hang out with us again and hear, hear Bo talk about how they rebuilt their facility and the, the challenges they went through with that as well. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.